Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. A true leader has the courage and the humility to admit their own mistakes. A coward blames others. Since the first day of his presidency, Joe Biden has waged an all-out war on our domestic energy industry, crippling our nation's ability to provide the needed resources to sustain our own economy. It was a grievous mistake that has caused prices to soar and left consumers struggling financially. Americans are smart. They know that Joe Biden is responsible for this. 70% disapprove of his handling of inflation and gas prices, according to a new ABC News Ipsos poll. It's a damning indictment of Biden's policies, if not his incompetence. Instead of having the fortitude to admit that his misguided green agenda badly damaged the U.S. economy, Biden blames Vladimir Putin, and he blames our nation's oil companies, and OPEC, and bankers on Wall Street, and transportation companies, and COVID, and the kid who kicked the cat. Never once has Biden looked in the mirror for a moment of self-reflection. He is utterly incapable of recognizing that he was wrong in his decision to reverse our nation's energy independence. With stubborn arrogance, Biden ignored all of the warnings by economists and energy experts who rang the alarm over his debilitating energy policies. They correctly predicted that America would be left vulnerable to an unstable global marketplace, resulting in an inflationary spiral that would push us to the precipice of recession. But Joe refused to listen, and now he blames everyone but himself. In refusing to accept responsibility as a true leader would, Biden is a profile in cowardice. Attorney, Fox News legal analyst, and two-time New York Times best-selling author. This is The Brief with Greg Jarrett. I have a warning for you. Inflation and tax hikes are Biden's only way out of our $28 trillion federal debt. So if you have $50,000 or more in your IRA, 401k, or savings, your money is at risk. Learn how you can protect it with physical gold and silver. Call 855-665-0767 to get your free gold IRA kit. That's right. Call 855-665-0767, and my friends at Gold Co. will give you up to $15,000 or more in free silver with a qualified account. Gold Co. has helped thousands of Americans protect their retirement against inflation and tax hikes. So what are you waiting for? Call 855-665-0767 now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Brief. I'm Greg Jarrett. 
When Joe Biden took office a little more than a year ago, the United States was energy independent and a net exporter of oil. With a stroke of a pen, just hours after his inauguration, our new president put an end to it. Biden signed the following executive order, quote, The Secretary of the Interior shall pause new oil and natural gas leases on public lands or in offshore waters. In other words, drilling and production on hundreds of thousands of rich oil and gas fields came to a screeching halt. Biden also shut down the Keystone XL pipeline that would have brought over 800,000 barrels of oil to market every single day. He ordered other pipelines capped. And then he targeted oil and gas companies with punitive regulations that made it difficult, if not impossible, to maintain a consistent flow of energy to support our bustling economy. Making matters worse, Biden directed the EPA to raise the cost on power plants, which began to reduce their output as a direct result. Biden has tried to regulate oil and gas companies out of business. All on his own, he engineered an energy deficit in America. The U.S. was forced to turn elsewhere for its needs, Saudi Arabia, Russia, Canada, and Mexico. Of course, importing petroleum added its own exorbitant expense that was then passed on to the consumer. Fast forward one year, and America is in the death grip of an energy and inflation crisis. Gasoline prices at the pumps are at record highs. That has driven up the price for other goods, such as food, clothing, and other manufactured products that are influenced by increased fuel costs. Overall, inflation has skyrocketed, depressing economic growth. Suffice it to say that Joe Biden's approach to energy has been an economic disaster for Americans. He has suffocated economic productivity in America and steered us into a financial abyss that will be exceedingly difficult to survive. But Biden insists he's not to blame. Look, let me be clear about uh, two other points. First, it's simply not true that my administration or policies are holding back domestic energy production. Biden isn't the only one who's blatantly lying about what he did. His White House flacks say that the current inflationary crisis proves that Joe's green agenda is working. That's right. Press Secretary Jen Psaki actually said that. And not to be outdone, the president's chief of staff, Ron Klain, dismissed inflation as a high-class problem. Forget that low-income and middle-class Americans are the hardest hit. They can now scarcely afford the gasoline that gets them to work so they can put food on the family table and keep a roof over their heads. The Biden administration is about as tone deaf as they come. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg and Vice President Kamala Harris professed they had the answer for what ails America. They held a splashing news conference to announce an expensive plan to develop electric public buses everywhere. 
But in the meantime, they urged everyone to give up their cars and trucks in favor of expensive EVs. Harris asked her audience to imagine a future with only electric vehicles. Imagine a future. The freight trucks that deliver bread and milk to our grocery store shelves and the buses that take children to school and and parents to work. Imagine all the heavy-duty vehicles that keep our supply lines strong and allow our economy to grow. Imagine that they produced zero emissions. Well, you all imagined it. That's why we're here today. Because we have the ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been, and then to make the possible actually happen. Well, Kamala, imagine this. More than 60% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. They can barely cobble together the cash to fill up their gas tanks. They can't possibly afford to buy a pricey electric vehicle. The average transaction price for an EV is roughly $60,000 according to the most recent Kelly Blue Book data. Yes, there are a few cheaper ones, but they're small, they're hard to come by, and they cannot accommodate a large family. But even those cars are well out of the price range for most Americans who just don't have the money to fork over. Harris and Buttigieg don't know any of that because they live a life of privilege, courtesy of taxpayers. Their transportation is free. They travel in style and luxury, by the way, on combustion engines. So does Joe Biden. They have no clue what it's like to hold down a real job and make ends meet when the monthly bills come due. This invites another important question. When you plug in your EV, assuming you can afford one, where do you think that electricity comes from? Well, it comes from the nation's power grid, much of which is derived from the very fossil fuels that the Biden administration is waging war against. Biden, Harris, and some of the other climate activists seem to think that they can wave a magic wand or flip a switch and poof, we can suddenly transition to a fully environmentally sustainable economy with nothing but renewable green energy. Here's a reality check. That does not exist. We don't have the capacity, the infrastructure, and the technology to accomplish it. We don't have the ability to produce, capture, and transport enough green energy to supply even a quarter of our country. I wish we did, but we just don't. And we won't have it for at least another generation, if not longer. We've made steady progress in scientific achievements that have advanced wind, solar, and other renewable energy sources, but they still amount to only 20% of our nation's electricity. And that's the maximum output that our systems can process right now. In the meantime, demands for energy continue to grow as our society continues to develop. None of this is a remedy for the economic catastrophe that the United States is facing right now. Biden created it with his ill-conceived assault on domestic energy. 
His policies hike the cost of oil and gas to intentionally make fossil fuels unaffordable without a viable replacement for them. His regulations drove up the expense of production while reducing the supply just as consumption went up. Inevitably, prices skyrocketed. Hardworking Americans are now suffering because of it. But Joe is in a chronic state of denial. He claims that Putin is the boogeyman to blame. Forget that gasoline prices and inflation across America reached near record levels long before Russia's invasion of Ukraine. They've been on the rise for the past six months. Inflation is close to 8%. That's a new 40-year high for the third month in a row. This obviously predates Putin's war. Just days ago at a conference of Democrats, both Biden and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi tried to convince members of their own party that they're not to blame. So I'm sick of this stuff. We have to talk about it because the American people think the reason for inflation is government spending more money. Simply not true. I don't think we need any lectures from our friends on the other side about fiscal responsibility, for God's sake. Putin's gas hike. That's his gas hike. This, so much of this uh, increase in the gas tax, uh, gas uh, price started uh, a few weeks leading up to what happened there. Make no mistake, inflation is largely the fall of Putin. I love, you know, the Republicans saying it's Biden's gas pipeline. By, by Biden said he's going to stop the Keystone pipeline, and I did. It's not just Biden's deranged energy policy that is wreaking havoc. His profligate spending compounded the crisis. Like drunken sailors on payday, he and Pelosi pumped trillions of dollars into the U.S. economy. It's impossible to saturate the marketplace with that much currency without causing prices to go up. It's basic economics 101. Yet Pelosi stood before microphones and turned the fundamentals of economics on its head by stating, quote, government spending is doing the exact reverse, reducing the government debt. It is not inflationary. Pelosi's tortured logic was an embarrassing faceplant. Our national debt, which stands at $30 trillion, is going up, not down. And even Biden conceded in a previous speech in November that his $2 trillion America rescue plan caused prices to go up. It was an uncommon moment of clarity. But now he's changed his tune because politicians are duplicitous, if nothing else. Voters understand economics far better than Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi. The polling data shows that Americans are deeply unhappy that the president and his party have driven energy prices and inflation off the proverbial cliff. They know that this is Joe Biden's inflation, yet he refuses to own it. Nor are they buying his vacuous excuses. You remember them. First, he claimed that inflation was transitory. Then it was merely a supply chain snafu. Then the White House said it was actually a good sign. When that didn't sell, 
it was all Vladimir Putin's fault. All the while, Biden keeps pretending that the U.S. economy is in wonderful shape, and we should now double down on his green energy agenda to eliminate all fossil fuels now. If that sounds like a sane strategy, you should have your head examined. What happens when cars run out of gas? What happens when the lights go out? What happens when people can no longer heat their homes? Will Joe keep scapegoating and gaslighting? You can bet on it. When he was sworn into office, Biden vowed that he would exhibit the courage and humility that true leadership demands. He declared, and I'll quote, I promise you, I'm going to take responsibility. When I make a mistake, I'll admit it. End of quote. Well, Biden hasn't done it, and he won't do it. Instead, he has embraced the tactics of a coward who blames others for his own mistakes. Joining me now is Michael O'Neill, Assistant General Counsel at Landmark Legal Foundation. He's a lawyer who specializes in constitutional and regulatory matters, and his recent column focuses on how the Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, has contributed to the soaring energy prices by exceeding its authority. Michael, thanks for being here. What exactly has the EPA done? Great. Thanks Thanks for having me on, Greg. Well, let's, let's back up to 2016 in the waning era or the waning months of the Obama administration. They released a rule or a regulation called the Clean Power Plan, which is a massive, enormous regulatory framework that seeks to really change how our nation generates electricity. What the Clean Power Plan would do would be to force traditional sources of energy like coal and natural gas burning power plants into renewables. And it, it, is, it would essentially drive those traditional sources of power of electric, electricity generation out of business. And, and, and we don't have the, the ability for that yet. Right, right. And EPA, and, and so they tried to do this, and they were actually stopped by the Supreme Court in an unprecedented decision. The, the court halted implementation of that plan. What they did was they stayed the implementation of that plan. Well, then Donald Trump comes into office and then puts that on the shelf and says, EPA, you don't have this authority. You can't do this. You can't remake the nation's energy grid through this regulatory process, through this massive, enormous regulation you want to force on the American people. So they shelved it. Well, then a, a bunch of environmental groups initiated a lawsuit challenging that action, percolated up to the court, to the D.C. Circuit Court. D.C. Circuit Court said that's wrong and now has attempted to revive this clean power plan. And so now the Biden administration is all in on it. They are completely backing it. It's right. really part of Biden's war on domestic energy production. We know that they, they want to force this green, this radical environmental agenda on the American people, and this is an integral part of it. Now, if the Supreme Court, Michael, mm -hmm. doesn't rein in the EPA, right. won't that impose billions of dollars in costs right. and essentially reshape our electric grid? And in practical terms, that means electric bills for Americans will continue to soar. Right. And the numbers were astounding. And these numbers were arrived at that I'm going to throw out at you were arrived at 
This is pre. This is pre-war in Europe. This is pre-inflationary pressures. This is when gas was back at you know two something a gallon. They were the industry experts predicted that this would impose costs exceeding two hundred billion dollars on the American people. <clears throat> and in some states, and again, this is pre-inflation. In some states, you'd see your gas, your electric bill increase by upwards of twenty five percent. Now consider all the stuff that all, all of the events that have occurred in the past six months. We don't know what the what the impact of this new clean power plan would be on the American people. Safe, suffice to say, it certainly certainly would exceed the two hundred billion and twenty five percent we were talking about months ago. You know the the problem here, is, as you point out, is that Congress makes laws, not unelected bureaucrats, exactly. and yet the EPA has become this behemoth that has commandeered control of our society and seems determined to impose its green energy agenda, even though, as I mentioned a moment ago, you know, we don't yet have the capacity, the infrastructure, the technology to accomplish what the EPA and the Biden administration is demanding. So whether we like it or not, Michael, you know, we still must rely on fossil fuels for roughly 80% of our energy needs, in addition to some nuclear power. So is the EPA a prime example of bureaucracy with a political agenda running out of control? Certainly, absolutely, 100%. Look, there's two big problems here. There's the legal and constitutional problem, which you're touching on right now. And that is, this is an administrative agency with unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats that are literally sitting in an office in Washington, D.C., mapping out, you want to talk about central planning, mapping out what energy company, what energy power plants are going to continue exi- to exist into the future and what other energy power plants are going to be driven out of business. So that's, a, that's your, they, they don't have any authority. They, they are trying to act, I don't want to get too legalistic here, but they're acting under this purported authority from the Clean Air Act, which was a statute that was passed well before anybody ever considered the impact of greenhouse gas emissions on the on the on the environment right. so they're trying to force a really a square peg into a round hole here and they're doing this under the thinnest the very thinnest of legal pretenses congress hasn't spoken on this and they're just running amok that being said now it is incumbent upon congress to do some action here they do have authority here and cat congress cannot pass the buck and allow these administrative agencies to run amok upon the American people. Right. I want to talk a bit about uh, Energy Secretary uh, Jennifer Granholm. Mm-hmm. After punishing oil and gas companies mm-hmm. in America by imposing these onerous regulations that discouraged drilling and production, suddenly Granholm uh, is now demanding that those companies raise their output to stabilize the marketplace in the face of obviously skyrocketing prices. You know, isn't that the equivalent of saying, hey, we hate you, but right. now we need you, so please bail us out? Right. And and this and this bleeds into the second point. It's just bad policy. From the very get-go, the Biden administration has pursued insane energy policy. And you wonder, you know, what's interesting, Greg, is what's pa- what's come out in the past couple of days here? Congress is calling, you know, Republicans in Congress. They're calling for investigations into some of these green groups about receiving Russian money here. And it's not an insignificant amount of money. 
I don't know the extent to which those those investigations are going to go anywhere. But does, does it really surprise anyone that you have Russian money flowing into green groups who are advocating for decreased domestic energy production in the United States? Right. And it boggles the mind how when we have abundant resources in this country, how the very first thing the Biden administration does is kneecap the American energy sector. And now when we have worldwide emergencies and war going on, they're somehow coming back saying, hey, we need you now because we can't take the political heat we're, we're, we're under. Yeah. I mean, and you could see this coming. I mean, you know, exactly. if you cede control of part of your energy needs to foreign sources, that when something happens, whether it be a war or just uh, marketplace gyrations, mm-hmm. you are going to essentially be held hostage as a result. Americans are held hostage uh, with high prices at the pump. So, that leads to my next question. How much of today's inflation, both in terms of gasoline prices and overall costs for goods, do you think is a direct result of Joe Biden's decision to transform America from energy independence right. to energy dependence? Well, Greg, I'm not an economist, so I, I, I don't think I could give you a specific number or percentage. However, I, I am sure, look, Energy prices, the cost of everything was increasing well before the war in Europe. So we can't, despite the, despite his best, Biden's best efforts, we can't turn everything, we can't blame everything on Putin's invasion of Ukraine. Gas prices were already going through the roof. Energy prices were already going through the roof. And what do they want to do? They want to throw on even more burdensome regulations on top of that. So we've got the war in Europe. We've got burdensome regulations. We've got domestic output cut drastically. And this all hits Americans in their pocketbook. And I understand when there's a war, we're all expected to make sacrifices. But these self-imposed injuries are absolutely insane. And how can, how can we expect the American people to absorb even more costs when they really don't need to be doing this? I, I know what you mean when you say you're not an economist. But, you know, I've, I've always argued that every single American who has to balance a cha- sure. uh, paycheck uh, uh, balance their checkbook and, you know, make ends meet at the end of the month when the bills come due. I mean, we're all our own economists in a way. And, you know, shutting down the Keystone XL pipeline and freezing new oil and gas uh, leases on public lands and, and offshore waters and targeting oil and gas companies with these punitive regulations and then as you point out, directing the EPA to raise the costs on power plants. Those were all decisions made by Joe Biden. And, you know, Steve Ratner, who was a top official in Barack Obama's Treasury Department, said recently that Joe Biden owns this inflationary crisis. He's right, isn't he? He's absolutely right. And despite his best efforts, I don't think he's going I don't think Joe Biden's going to be able to wiggle his way out from under this. This is strictly on his policies, his his burdensome regulations, his misguided I I mean misguided is probably a light word for it, but absolutely misguided. But what does it show? It shows that the Democrat Party, that the left today is willing to sacrifice the well-being, the economic well-being of the American people on the altar of their radical environmentalism. It doesn't matter that they're going to drive power plants out of business. 
It doesn't matter if gas costs $6 a gallon. It doesn't matter if people's pocketbooks are strained beyond belief. What they will do is they will drive the Amer- they will bleed the American people dry until they can effectuate their radical environmental policies upon us all. And there you have Kamala Harris and Pete uh, Buttigieg, who's the transportation secretary, recently holding this this news conference. And you know, it was sad, pathetic, laughable, uh, unbelievable, really, as they're standing there in front of cameras and microphones. They're urging everybody to give up their cars in favor of expensive electric vehicles. Now, uh, that that strikes, I think, everybody is utterly clueless and tone deaf uh, because more than 60% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. They drive older cars. A lot right. of them are clunkers, you know, held together with uh, gum and spit and, and duct tape. And, you know, they're scraping together crinkled dollars and coins to pay for gasoline. They can't afford pricey EVs. Right. So, I mean, would you agree that, you know, this proposed solution uh, by those two is is not just unrealistic, it's completely out of touch with America? Right, Greg. And, you know, you're talking and you're describing this. And what I'm thinking about, I'm looking out the window here and I'm thinking about you know, a guy in America and in, in somewhere in the middle of America who wants to get up in the morning and drive his pickup truck to work and just do his shift work. And instead of costing $40 to fill up his tank, it's costing him $80. Instead of costing him $100 at groceries to feed his family, it's costing him $150. At the end of the month, he looks at his power bill and it's not $160, it's $230. And you think all of those little bits I just added to you, those all added up. He's not able to get another shift at the, comp- at the, at the factory. So where does that money come from? And again, uh, if you really want to get into it, again, they don't care. They don't care about the guy who drives his pickup truck to work and work in the factory and come home and feeds his kids and, take, and, and, you know, and loves his wife. They only care about the folks in their cities where they drive their electric vehicles or don't bother with electric vehicles or whatever. It's just, you see where their priorities lie. It cannot be any clearer. We know what's going to happen. We know what's going on. And it's not surprising to absolutely any one of us, despite their best efforts to foist the blame off to events over in Europe. Yeah. And and yet Joe Biden keeps saying, oh, the economy is wonderful. Wages are going up. Yes, but the value of those wages because of you, Joe, is going down precipitously. Uh, And I want to touch on something else you mentioned. Because of Joe Biden, we are now obviously relying on foreign countries to meet our energy needs. Biden Biden is is begging totalitarian regimes for oil, Uh, although the Saudis won't even return his phone calls, neither will UAE. But, you know, begging for uh, oil from foreign countries, when you think about it, it's really insane. I mean, if he would simply reverse his policies here at home, we could do it ourselves. We have the largest deposits and reserves in the world. For example, he's completely shut down Anwar in Alaska, which is this vast resource that's untapped. Um, It makes no sense, does it? It it makes no sense. I Again, the only context it makes sense is within the – if you think – that they want to effectuate their radical environmental policy on the American people. And within that context, and they're willing to sacrifice 
the American taxpayer, the, do- the American economy to effectuate that agenda. In that context, it makes sense. From a strictly political, from a common sense perspective, it makes no sense. But when I think when I, I'm trying to rationalize this in my head, I'm trying to understand what exactly is their bottom line here? What is their motivation here? How can you engage in such insane energy policy decisions over and over again? Because they're you- myopic. That's the problem. They can't see past their nose. So right. they essentially want to put uh, oil and gas, fossil fuels out of business in America. They want it right. yesterday. Right. And then what happens when you can't heat your home and the lights go out and your car is empty on the side of the road? I mean, they, they just don't get the real life today impact of their policies that are designed for a generation in the future. I wish it were here now, but it ain't here. Absolutely. And I think I, I, I want to say at, at some point, maybe they wake up, maybe they don't. Maybe after the midterm elections, after there's a, a you know purported red wave here, maybe they wake up. But I, I just don't know. And again, if, if climate change is this catastrophic event and I and I'm willing to listen to arguments about it and I'm 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 not one to deny that climate change is occurring and I'm not one to deny the fact that green energy sources could serve us well but as you've pointed out th- that technology has not arrived we need to live in this year we need to live in this moment and do what's best for the american people and that being said if you look at it the technologies that are used if you look at the metrics um, um, america's emissions of greenhouse gases have decreased immensely over the past 15 years because oh, yeah. of the advent and usage of natural gas, clean, clean coal burning plants. So, you know, it's, it, it's the reliance on these foreign countries that is troubling. It's this sacrificing the American taxpayer at the altar of the radical environmental agenda. This is all what's terrifying. It's just the lack of common sense on our energy policy. And again, just to bring it back to what we we're talking about with the, the, the Supreme Court case, you know, it's in, it's incumbent upon, unfortunately, I hate to say this, but it's incumbent upon the Supreme Court this term coming out this spring and summer to rein in this rogue environmental uh, environmental protection agency that has mm. completely run amok and is completely <laughs> abusing its executive authority. Yeah. Look, I'm all for renewable energy, clean energy. I wish we could all just you know operate on that basis, wind, solar, other renewable energies, but we can't do it. We, I mean, we, we just don't have it uh, right now. And we're not going to have it, as I say, for at least another generation, notwithstanding the tremendous advances that we have made in, in a scientific achievements and technology. But coming back to the point you just made, American oil and gas companies have spent billions of dollars in new technology to produce the cleanest energy in the world. But instead, now Joe Biden wants to buy dirty oil from producers outside of our country who pollute far more than we do. I mean, that defeats his green energy goals, doesn't it? Right. And it's, it's, it's the same of getting involved. You know, President Trump got us out a lot of a lot of these ridiculous United Nations dictated environmental agreements, multilateral environmental agreements, because the Chinese and the Indians don't, don't do their part. So you see America, America's emissions of greenhouse gases, as I said, have dropped, whereas India and China, as they've come along and developed their economies, 
have gone up and they don't adhere to their mandates or their agreements under it. So right. President Trump, rightly so, said there's no point in getting involved in these burdensome treaty or obligations on the American economy. And you know, go ahead. Uh, Biden, I want to get to to Biden's gaslighting and his scapegoating. Sure. Uh, you know, the record gas prices and the rampant inflation, blaming it all on Vladimir Putin. Right. Um, which, of course, isn't even close to being true. All you have to do is look at the data. Our soaring gas prices and our inflationary spiral significantly predate Russia's invasion by many months. So that's an absurd argument, isn't it? Certainly. And he thinks, I mean, I don't know if he thinks the American people are stupid, if he thinks our attention span is so short that he could just blame Vladimir Putin and the, and the war in Ukraine for our troubles right now. But he escapes from the fact that he is responsible. Again, day one, if you look at some of the executive orders he, he released right, after, right out of the bat, right off the bat, it was designed to kneecap the American energy sector. And let's look. Look, Biden has a war on domestic energy, energy production. He's had that. He's declared that war the day he took office. And he cannot escape the simple fact that costs rose well before anything occurred in Europe and will occur well after, as long as he continues to pursue this misguided policy, will, those costs will continue to increase well after anything is resolved in Europe. I think he truly does believe that, that Americans are as stupid as he is, and, and they're not. They're, they're much smarter than he is. Um, in addition to blaming Putin, you know, Biden is, of course, blaming the oil companies. You know, he keeps saying right. over and over again, oh, there are 9,000 pre-approved oil and gas drilling leases that are not being utilized by the oil companies. What he doesn't tell Americans, Michael, is that he has made it nearly impossible for those companies to get the financing. I mean, operating a rig is terribly expensive. And what's more, yes, those companies have 9,000 leases, but Biden's administration won't right. grant the permits for the drilling, the permits for the shipping and transportation. So, you know, that blame game is a charade, isn't it? It certainly is. And again, a lot of that is also projected out to future costs. And you can't engage in things if it's a future cost because it's not going to be cost effective right now to take those steps. And so you're not, you're not going to – if the regulatory environment is so burdensome and it doesn't look like there's any relief in the future – you're not going to engage in costly, you know, costly endeavors or costly economic or business endeavors. You're just, right. it's just common sense. And it's just the way our capitalistic society fortunately works. You're not going to do something stupid that's going to cost you money in the long run. So again, until, until some of these uh, environmental, in, in, until some of these environmental groups are brought to heel, in, until some of these uh, executive agencies, EPA, Department of Energy are reined in a little bit. I don't think we're going to see a lot of relief, unfortunately. Well, we'll keep an eye on the U.S. Supreme Court and their forthcoming decision on all of that. Uh, maybe they, uh, the justices of the high court, will uh, provide some relief, as we've discussed. Joining us has been Michael O'Neill, Assistant General Counsel at Landmark Legal Foundation. Great discussion, Michael. Thanks for being with us. My pleasure, Greg. You have a great day. And that's The Brief. I'm Greg Jarrett. Thanks for listening.